Hi there. Thanks so much for joining me today. Today, the title of my message is Wait. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, you said that when we gather in your name that you are here with us. And we thank you that you are. And we just want to receive your teaching today, your revelation knowledge. We want to know how to live in your kingdom, how to please you. And we want to be prepared for your return. We want to be prepared for eternity. And so we just open ourselves to you right now, and we just thank you and praise you that we can have ears to hear, that we can understand what you're saying to us today in Jesus' name. Love you so much. God is so good. I'm so in love with him. I love it when he gives us revelation knowledge. I love it when he encourages us. And today he wants to talk to us today about, you know, we say we believe him, and when we believe him, we really are saying, or when we say we believe him, really our faith action is to have faith in him, to believe the word of God, to come in agreement with the things that he said, to be faithful as he is. For example, if he says that he meets our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, then he wants us to wait on him for that. He doesn't want us to take our own measures and meet our own need, but he wants us to prove that his will is good and perfect and that he actually does meet our needs. But so much of the time, as we start out, you know, to believe that, we end up quitting and just providing for ourselves because it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And, you know, faith isn't what it seems like. Faith is believing God, no matter what it looks like, and waiting him out. And that's what he's saying today, wait me out. Wait, just let me show you what I'm going to do. And, you know, the longer we go back and forth, and the more we give up, the longer the wait is. And the longer the wait is, the more discouraged we are. And then we probably will quit and give up. I want to read to you what he said. In Hebrews 10, verse 38, he said, The just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things in holy fever, born of faith and conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul has no delight or pleasure in him. And isn't that what we do? Also, we get afraid God's not going to do what his word said he's going to do, what he said he would do. We get afraid that it's not going to happen, but um, and then we couldn't give up. But if we would have just waited, and that's what he's saying to us today, if you would just wait, you know, so much of the time we have this thinking that, okay, I got to quick do something before this happens, and it's really the pressure from the enemy. You don't have to quick do anything. God is going to come through, and He always comes through on time. He does it on time, but the enemy is the one that brings on that anxiety. You know, our, our natural way of doing, we get excited and think that God's not going to do anything. But if we'd give him a chance and just kept believing him, kept being faithful to him as he is to us, he would come through. But, you know, God knows if you're going to wait or not. He knows what you're thinking. He already knows you're going to step out in front of him and provide for yourself if you're believing for finances. He already knows that, you know, whatever you're believing 
him for what you're going to do instead of believe him. But, you know, in this day where, you know, he's coming and he's asking us to represent him, and any other day, but especially now before he comes, he wants those who don't know him to know him. And he is calling us to be an attraction, not just to say that we're Christians and then we don't live by the word, not just to talk about the word, not to be hypocrites, you know, to know the word and say it, but then we just do things on our own without him and really having faith in him is putting our trust in him. I want to read to you a little more of what this says. In verse 35, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. And I just want to, you know, look at that for a minute. If we don't fling away our confidence, if we don't get all of a sudden freaked out because it doesn't seem like anything's going to happen, it says it carries a great reward and a glorious compensation. Um, it says, um, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. So we're going to be rewarded greatly. When you believe God and you don't fling away your confidence, and it says fearless confidence, and you know how you get fearless confidence is if you're hanging out with Him. If you're looking at the Word, if you know what the Word says, and you make a decision that you're going to stand on it. And when it seems like nothing's happening, get on your knees. Start praying in the Spirit. Hear God talk to you. And He'll tell you to wait. He'll tell you to wait that He's going to come through. He is going to come through. I'll never forget when um, He cleared up my first debt. And it was a huge debt, and there was a lot of pressure. And at the same time, He asked me to quit my job. You know, He does things like that. He asks you to do something right in the midst of it not being a good time. It wasn't a comfortable situation. We needed both of our incomes, I thought. And when I quit my job, it seemed like things should get worse, but they started getting better. And then he cleaned up our debt. God is so faithful. He's so good. And I'm just here to encourage you today to wait on him. Just wait. It's not going to be too late. It's not. He's going to come through for you. And, and when you wait, you really are in a position to receive because when you wait, you're saying, I am having faith in you. And, you know, it's going to look like childlike faith because it's not going to make any sense to not do anything about a situation because you're waiting on God to do it. And when you are hearing the word, faith is going to come. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the word of God. And the more you hear the word of God, the more your perspective is going to be right. Your thinking is going to be clear. You know exactly what you're doing, and you're going to hear God speak to you. But if you don't hear the Word of God, and a lot of people won't do it, they're too lazy. If you don't hear the Word of God, you won't take the time to hear the Word of God, you're going to be hearing everything else, and you're going to um, end up being controlled by your flesh. You're going to end up giving in to your flesh, giving in to the voice of the enemy. He is out to kill, still, and destroy and, you know, he wants us in debt, he wants us sick, he wants us depressed, he wants us living under the curse, and so he's going to direct us down that path. 
And so, you know, we need to get up and hear the Word of God every day. You can't keep remembering what the Word of God says. You don't remember things as clearly as when you just go ahead and relook at it. Besides that, every time you look at the Word of God, you get more and more revelation. You can read the same verse over and over again. And every time you read it, you can get more out of it because God is going to speak to you through it. He's going to give you revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge comes as you pay attention to the Word. Jesus said, be careful what you hear. Now, if you're just sitting around watching TV all the time and you're believing God for something, it's not going to happen because you're not going to have faith because you're watching TV. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Faith comes from giving your attention to God. If you don't give your attention to God, then your faith isn't going to be strong enough to receive from Him. You're going to quit and give up. Verse 36 says, You have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. You accomplish the will of God. It's up to you. And thus receiving, carry, and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. For still a little while, a very little while, the coming one will come, and he will not delay, and the just shall live by faith. My righteous servant shall live by his conviction respecting man's relationship to God and divine things and holy fervor, born of faith, conjoined with it. And if he draws back and shrinks in fear, my soul will have no delight or pleasure in him. But our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery, and are utterly destroyed, but we are those who believe, who cleave to, trust in, and rely on God through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and faith preserved the soul. And by faith, preserve the soul. By faith, we preserve our soul. You know, he's talking about eternity, too. I mean, we got, you know, if you're sitting around watching TV and just thinking that when you leave here, you're going to float on a cloud. You know, you you have something to do. You you are to be living by faith. You're to be making a difference. You're to be committed to him and doing a greater work. I was watching TV one night and he keeps telling me he's coming. And he said, There isn't time for that. There's not time for that. He really stirred me up and I had to turn off that TV. And, you know, he's calling us to do his work. There isn't time for that. If you're believing God for your healing, to get out of debt, for your loved ones to be saved, if you're going to live in his kingdom, then there isn't time to sit in front of the TV and veg out. You know, the other day, um, he just came over me so strong in something I was about to do, and I didn't do it. And, you know, he warns us. He gives us dreams and visions, and he's telling us he's coming and the things that are vital that we should be doing and not doing. And so I, what I was started to say is that he's coming in a little while. And we have to have faith. We have to live by faith. Verse 39. Our way is not that of those who draw back to eternal misery and are utterly destroyed. But we are those who believe. What is that saying? If you draw back and give up, you're not the ones who believe, who cleave to, trust in, and rely on God through Jesus, and by faith preserve your soul. I didn't say this. I read this. Hebrews 11.39. Hebrews 11.1. 1, 
Faith is assurance. Now faith is assurance, a confirmation of title due to the things that we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the convicting of the reality faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So we have to have faith, and you're not going to get faith. The whole point of me bringing that up is you're not going to get faith by sitting on the couch watching TV. And God said that to me, actually. He said, you're believing for great things, and, and you're sitting here watching this. And I think the reason I was watching it is because the pressure that comes on when you're believing God. You tend to want to escape it and just do something else. And that's where I was at. So I was so glad he called me out. We got to face up to what we got to do. Eternity is near. Jesus is coming. And if he doesn't come before you leave here, you're still going to leave here and you have to face the facts. Either you're going to live with God forever or you're going to live with the enemy. You're going to live in hell um, or be thrown into the furnace. I'm not exactly sure how it goes, but I don't want to find out. I want to make sure that I'm right with God. I want to be preparing for my eternity. And he wants you to be doing that as well. And one way to prepare is you have to have faith. You have to have trust in him. And he's calling us to show him. Romans 12 tells us to change what we think so that we can prove his will is good and perfect. Having faith in him is changing what you think. Coming into agreement with him and believing what the word of God tells you to believe. And when you believe that, you're going to wait on him. You're not going to quit and you're not going to give up, but you're going to wait until he does what he said he would do. And while you wait, you live by the principles of God. You call those things to be not as though they were. You love, you forgive. Anything the word tells you to do, that's what you're doing while you wait. You're not waiting, sitting around on the couch watching TV, but you're serving in the kingdom of God. You're doing that greater work. You're finding out what you were created to do. You're using that talent that he gifted you with. Your gift makes room for you and brings you before great men. When you're doing the thing that you're called to do, you're going to be doing that greater work. You're going to be loving and giving in the kingdom of God. God told Abraham to leave your country. He said, go, and you're going to be a blessing. You're going to dispense um, blessings to others. You're going to be dispensing good. And that's what we're called to do, not, you know, wasting our time um, in so much entertainment, but going around and doing good to others, loving others, bringing joy in their life. Loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is you're going to get to the place where you're going to love others. You're going to care about what God cares about. What's important to Him is going to be important to you. And you're going to see that those people around you, He's in love with them. He's so in love with them, and you're going to see His heart. You're going to feel His heart towards others, and then you're going to love them. And you're going to want to serve in His kingdom. You have what someone else needs. What you have, the gift that you were, the talent you were gifted with, is what someone else needs. You're always going to have what someone else needs in your faith action. Your faith action to be waiting on him is to go about doing good and just believing that as you take care of his stuff, 
He's going to take care of your stuff. He says that to me all the time. You just do what you were called to do, and I'll make sure that your stuff is taken care of. So whatever you're believing God for, you can be sure that he's going to do it. And while you wait, while you wait, go ahead and serve in his kingdom and wait in confidence, knowing that he's going to do what he said he would do. And if you believe that, you're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be worried. You're not going to be anxious. And if you are depressed, worried, and anxious, that means you need to spend time with him. You need to look at the word of God and recall what those promises are and have faith in him that he's going to do what he said he would do. You know, it, it's really not the question if he's going to do what he said he would do. It's the question is, are we going to be faithful? Are we going to do what we said we would do? When you ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, you're really in his eyes making a commitment to him to be on his side, to live in his kingdom, to do his greater work, to actually believe in him and live your life that way, not just say a prayer and then go ahead and live your life the way you lived it before. But you're making a commitment to him and you're saying, I love you. I'm asking you to come and live on the inside of me and be my God. And I commit to live my life your way. I agree with you. But so much of the time we say a prayer and just think it's a, it's a ticket to heaven and we never change how we live. And um, we're not faithful. But God expects that when you say that prayer that you're faithful. He said, those who steadfastly believe in me are going to do the things that I did and even greater. And that's what we're called to do. When you ask Jesus to come live on the inside of you, he's asking you to grow up, let him recreate you, teach you how to live in his kingdom, teach you his principles of the way life is lived in heaven. Jesus said that um, it's God's will that we live life like it's lived in heaven. He said, pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when we're, we're living God's way, when we're imitating Jesus when he came, he lived like life is lived in heaven. When we copy him and we do the works he did, then we're committing to him. And we're bringing heaven on the earth and we're an attraction to him. But when we don't do that, when we just quit and give up, he has no pleasure in us because really we're not doing his will. We're not committed to him. We didn't really mean what we said. And you know, sometimes you do feel like quitting and giving up. But we don't live by our feelings. When we're Christians, we live by the word of God. We don't let our flesh control us. We let God control us. We live by the spirit. If you live by your feelings, then you're never going to get anywhere. And you're, you know, you're just going to be like that double-minded man James talks about. Being blown hither and thither by the wind. Can't make up your mind. Well, today I feel this way. Today I feel that way. Tomorrow, I don't know. We'll see. However I feel, that's what I'm going to do. And that is not the way you live as a Christian. You live committed to the Word of God. You made a commitment. You made a promise. When you asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you, you said, I want to be like you. I want to live in your kingdom. I'm asking you to live on the inside of me and be my God and teach me how to live your way, how to be an overcomer. Help me to be committed to you. And then you have all the fringe benefits of by his stripes you were healed. 
He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. He meets your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You have his joy in you. We have all the fringe benefits of being his child. When you ask him to come and live on the inside of you, and you become in agreement with him. But if you just say the prayer and then go off and do what you were doing before, and you don't commit to him, then you really are deceived. Because it's not just a prayer. It's believing is an action. Faith without action is dead. If you say you believe, but you don't live your life that way, then really you don't believe. It's not what you say. You know, you're just a hypocrite if you say one thing and do another thing. And so God is calling us today to wait on him. You know, in the midst of the pressure the enemy puts on you when you're walking down that narrow path, God is saying, wait, I'm faithful, press in, endure. You have need, what did it say here? You have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. That's what God is calling you to do. And thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. So it's his will that you have those prayers answered, that um, the promises happen in your life. You know, it's not um, if it be your will. It is his will. If you know the word of God, you know his will. And he wants all good for you. And he's asking you to wait for it, to put, push through the pressure that is in the wait. When the enemy comes and says, oh, you might as well just go ahead and use your credit card. God's not going to do anything. Go ahead and do this because God isn't going to do anything. You know, he, he's not doing his part. And God is doing his part, but you're not doing your part. That's where the problem is. We don't do our part. We don't commit to what we said we were going to do. We don't. We lose faith in him because we're looking at what we see. And that's not what faith is. We don't look at what we see. We look at the word of God and we believe that he is faithful to his word. And we just keep believing and keep believing until it manifests and it will manifest. I'm not just saying all this. I, I, I can attest to this. And it's really living in the word of God. When you're expecting it to come to pass in your life, you're living it. It's just not words on a book or what somebody said, I mean on paper, or what somebody said, but it's actually living in it. So God prompted me to tell you that. You know, when my son was born and I took him down for his first checkup, and during that year I was learning how to live in the kingdom of God. And I was hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word. And when we got there, I found out he needed emergency surgery. And I was upset. And um, I asked him why, and he told me why. He said, you were a hearer of the word, but not a doer. You weren't doing the word of God. I believe God just wanted me to share that with you today, because there's always an answer as to why what you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And it was because I was not doing the word. I was only listening to it. We have to do the word of God in order to be bright with God. We have to take heed to what he's telling us to do. And I, you know, I had an excuse for what I wasn't doing. And it doesn't matter. We have to be a hearer and a doer of the word, not just one. And, you know, 
on that day, when I found that out, I said, God, I need you to correct me beforehand. I don't like surprises. I thought I was okay with you, and I wasn't. I don't want to be deceived. And so now he corrects me all the time. And you can ask him to do that, and it's so much easier to wait that way, to keep doing what he's calling you to do, and to wait him out and to know that he's going to do what he said he would do. You know, after I got that right, he actually didn't need that shunt anymore. The emergency surgery was on his shunt. He had a shunt put in his head to um, keep the fluids flowing because he was um, diagnosed when he was born with hydrocephalus. And so that was an emergency surgery to put that back in. Also, his urine was backing up into his kidneys. And um, after that, I had to cath him. So after I got it right, he got healed of both of those things. He doesn't need a shunt anymore, and he doesn't need to be cathed anymore. When you obey God and you follow what he's telling you to do, then the wait isn't even very long. We're waiting because we're disobedient. And so we have to have that communication with him so that he can teach us and correct us in the things we need to be taught or corrected in. And so I just love correction. I love it when God tells me like it is. I love it when he gets in my face because he's leading me in righteousness. He's leading me in faith. And I am not going to be the one to fail him. I'm not going to quit and give up, but I'm going to be, um, I'm not going to draw back to eternal misery, to perdition, and utterly destroy. But I'm going to be one of those who believe and cleave to and trust and rely on God through Jesus the Messiah by faith and preserve the soul. And he wants you to be that too. He's coming and he wants you to know. And you want to ask him to correct you and he will. He will constantly correct you. And it's usually one little thing a day because he knows how much, how, how much of it that is you know, hard and how much you can handle, pretty much. He knows what you can handle. He's gentle. He's kind. And it's usually one thing a day that he corrects me in. You know, I did a teaching a while ago called The List because um, I always got this list of things he's telling me to do. And really, it's part of the plan. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. he has a plan. And that plan leads to the good life. And it's according to how we obey him. So he gives us a list, we mark it off, and he keeps telling you more and more and more, and it's leading to you to that good life that he has planned for you. So if you've never said that prayer, I would love to say that prayer with you right now. If you want to ask Jesus to come and live on the inside of you, if you want to commit to live your life his way, if you want to live with him forever, and you want to be a part of his kingdom and learn his way, then I would love to pray that prayer with you. What happens when you pray is the Holy Spirit comes and he lives on the inside of you and he makes himself known. He's going to teach you and guide you. He's going to be your standby. He's going to tell you things to come and he's going to remind you of things that he said. You know, when I asked Jesus to correct me that I didn't want any more surprises, he's always telling me things to come. Just this morning, he told me two things that were going to happen that I had to be careful about. He does that. He tells you. He warns you. I just heard a story about um, a little boy who was thrown off the 
third floor in, in the mall. And um, his mom was warned by the Holy Spirit not to go there that day. And she just didn't feel like she could turn around and walk away because they were going to meet someone. And anyway, that's what happened. But still, the little boy didn't have a brain injury. He had some broken bones. But it was nothing like it could have been. But see, God told her not to go. I had so many times where God told me not to take my son certain places or let him go. One time he told me not to let him go. He was going with a group of friends. And I had a dream, and he was laying outside um, the car on the ground. And God told me that if he were to go, he would die. And so he didn't go on that trip. God is good. He's going to tell you things to come. He's so wonderful. He's so kind. He's so in love with you, and he wants you to know things to come. He wants you to know that he's coming, and we need to prepare for our eternity with him. He wants you to know that you're affecting those people in your life. Either you're taking them down the wide path or the narrow path, and he wants you to get it right before it's too late. I think it's amazing, wonderful, and so awesome of him that he's getting in our face before it happens. I love it when he tells me things to come. And so, you know, the word says that he is knocking at the door of your heart. And if you would let him in, if you would invite him in, he'd come and hang out with you all the time. He's going to tell you things to come. He's going to correct you. He's going to remind you of what's right, what's good. He's going to teach you how to live here, how to wait even, and walk upright with him. And then how you can be ready to, to um, prepare for when you leave here to be with him. God is good. He's so in love with you. Say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, we thank you and praise you that you gave your life for us, that you shed your blood to make us right with the Father. We thank you for everything that you did for us, for provision for us, for taking those stripes for our healing. We thank you you bore our pain, sickness, sorrow. We thank you that you did all those things for us so that we can live well. Help us, Lord, to believe it. Help us to receive it. Help us, Lord, to have understanding. We just reach out to you today. We're seeking and we're knocking, and we thank you that you're going to teach us. Lord, I thank you that when the people walk away from here today, they're going to remember the things that you said through me, and that's going to guide them and lead them. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for the person that just asked you to come and live on the inside of them, that um, they would just commit to get up every day and all of us to get up every day and get on our knees and hear what you have to say. We thank you for that list, and we thank you that you would help us to do it. So I thank you and praise you, Lord, for filling us now with your spirit, for teaching us, for guiding us, for telling us things to come, for warning us. And Lord, um, we just receive you in Jesus' name. We just receive you right now. We thank you and praise you. We love you in Jesus' name. God is so good. He's so in love with you. And I don't know how anyone could live without him. And you have to know that he is in love with you. And the only way you're going to know that is when you start having communication with him. When you start looking at the word and seeing all those love letters to you and then hearing him in the morning or throughout and throughout the day, but giving him time so you can hear him. Just focus on him. Get on your knees every morning. Put on some worship music. 
and just call out to him, and you're going to hear him, and he's going to be loving on you, and you're going to be the happiest person in the world. Faith makes you happy. Trust in him makes you happy. If you're, you know, if you know somebody who calls themselves a Christian and they're sad, then, you know, they're just focusing on why. And you can be a sad Christian or you can be a happy Christian. And if you're a happy Christian, that means that you have faith, that you've taken the time to get up every day and look at the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing God. You can't be unhappy when you hear Him, when you hear His promises, when you feel His love. It's up to you. Thank you so much for listening today, and God bless you.